episode number eight, Managing Your Energy and Stress While Teaching or Working Online. This podcast is for educators, academics, and parents who know that online teaching can be challenging, rewarding, engaging, and fun. Welcome to the Online Teaching Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Bethany Hansen, and I'll be your guide for online teaching tips, topics, and strategies. Walk with me into the Online Teaching Lounge. This episode is about managing your energy level and your stress. When I talk about energy level, I'm talking about throughout the day, week, and month. So we have different time frames that we think about, and during the day, there are specific times where you have more or less energy. We're going to talk about how to manage that and how to work around it and try to keep energy high. Secondly, stress. Stress can come from internal or external sources. It has a lot to do with physical things. There can be stress on your body parts, like if you're working on the computer all day, there can be eye strain, neck and back strain, stress on your wrist and hands and arms. There can also be this internal stress of anxiety, whatever's going on in the world, anxiety about getting work deadlines met, high workload, family factors might be coming into play, interactions with colleagues, students, peers, things like that. We also have the stress level and energy level of students and coworkers. Our students, if we're teaching online, are having a lot of impact of the external environment on their lives. They're still living and working, Many of our adult students have full-time jobs and other demands on top of schooling. So stress and energy levels affect all of us, and they include a lot of different areas. For that reason, I will hit on a few particular things as food for thought, also so that you can identify areas you might want to address in your own life or guide your students and help your peers around you. We're going to talk about energy first. I used to talk a lot about time management. I used to think that in my life, I might struggle with time management. I'm a creative type of person. I'm also a planner. And when things would not really work out time-wise or in the organization of what I'm doing, I would think that I was just a bad time manager. Well, that really was not true. And it isn't true. What I was poor about was managing my energy level. There are times when we can work and our energy is high. We're going to generate a lot of output. We're going to produce a lot. We're going to write a lot, talk a lot, think a lot, whatever the things are that we need to do. And there are times where our energy levels are low for a variety of reasons. And we might just stare at that computer all day long and feel distracted unable to get things done very quickly, it's just really going to hit us. If you have some kind of clinical situation, clinical depression, a clinical level of anxiety or panic, it's definitely worth seeing a professional to get some more serious guidance and help. There are medications that can help with that. There are therapies that can help with that. The general idea is we want to do what's going to help us most. If we don't have a sense 
of when our energy is the best, it can be great to take an inventory. Look at a typical work day when you're working or teaching online. Think about what times of the day have typically been best for you to get things done. Are you a morning person? Are you an afternoon or evening person? Are you a night owl? Do you work best around other people or alone? If you work best around other people, for example, you might have the video Zoom or something open where you have colleagues you can see regularly, or maybe there's someone else in your house who is also working from home and you could work around them. Whatever works best for you, become keenly aware of your energy levels. Your energy is the most important thing in terms of getting work done and feeling good about the work. If you manage your energy carefully and you start to notice when your energy is depleted, if you stop the work and go do something else that can recharge you or give you time to rest, you're going to be at your best more often. You're going to be more satisfied with your life and you're going to be more effective in your online job. So think about your energy level in terms of time management being energy management. I'll just share some experiences from my own life. I have worked and taught online since 2010. I have had a variety of different jobs. And when I started working online, I was just part-time at one institution while I taught live classes in public school. This was an interesting paradox because teaching live on cl- uh, live classes in the public school was very energizing for me. I'm an extrovert. I was teaching music. It was just enlivening, rich, and wonderful to me. Shortly after that, I moved about a year or two later, and I became a full-time online person. I had a part-time online position as well somewhere else, and a part-time live public school teaching job. During my day, my energy levels would rise and fall quite a bit, but on the, on the whole, I was generally at a high energy level every time I got to work with people live, have real conversations, and those sorts of things. So my level of energy management had to do with getting to work and getting on that computer and doing a little bit of my online work first thing in the morning. I'm also a morning person. Then I would teach the live classes that brought me energy, being an extrovert. And then I would want to immediately do the online classes for a little while before my energy would dip. Maintaining that kind of a structure was very difficult because I would think about getting all this work done and being with all these people, and I would not give myself time to take adequate breaks to rest and restore throughout the day. Now that years have passed and I'm now entirely online just at one institution, I have a much different routine. I'm also older. I take more breaks. I purposely plan to walk on my treadmill during some meetings where I'm not asked to contribute so I can be active and listening and make better use of the time, but I'm also revving up my energy. Sometimes during the day, I might need to actually take a nap. And at other times, I need to plan to have a meal or a snack that's healthy for me to keep my energy up. Whatever works for you, you want to become aware of your own personal tendencies the patterns that work for you, and strategies that will help you maintain energy and keep it high. When you have lower energy, you need to take a break. If you are not an extrovert and you are more 
happy to be working alone or not being constantly engaged by people. If you need a lot of downtime to recharge and collect your thoughts and just detach from what you need to do, plan that into your day. Plan your energy levels around what works for you, and then you'll be more likely to avoid major stress. You might give these suggestions to your students as well to be aware of what times of day work best for them, under what circumstances they're most likely to be able to sit, engage in the course, and learn, and when they might best complete their assignments. If you work for a place that likes to time release the lessons every week or time release the assignments, some of these people are going to want to see that way in advance. They want to plan their work around their time management skills, their energy, and their other competing demands. Whatever you need to do to meet your students where they are, you're going to help them be more successful, and you're going to have a better experience yourself because you won't be constantly chasing people down or getting late assignments or putting out these fires, as we like to call them. Now we're going to talk a little bit about stress level. Stress level has somewhat to do with what we believe we are in control of or what we would like to be in control of. When you think about what you can control and what I can control, it's actually relatively little. There are so few things we have 100% control over, and almost all of them have to do with ourselves. We can control our thoughts, our physical health to some degree, to a great degree, our opinions of other people. We can control what we wear in terms of our clothing. We may be able to 100% control what we do activity-wise, whether we exercise or not. And we probably can control what we eat and drink. Aside from all those things with our immediate person, we influence and partially control our family life, others really close to us, we might 100% control the learning environment in an online class, or we might 100% not be able to control that. Some schools or institutions have very standardized approaches where most things need to be the same from class to class, and some schools have 100% open. You can invent it all. You design the course yourself. It's very open how you do it. So some of that control matter it some of it really impacts your stress level if you disagree with things but they're not within your control think about how much energy we invest in things that are beyond our control either partially or completely if we're trying to control things out there in the world that we really aren't involved with and can't impact at all we're wasting a lot of energy on those issues if we're obsessing about them dwelling on them and spending a lot of energy there, we're not going to have enough to devote to our own wellness or our teaching online. We need to preserve that energy. So I've seen recommendations a lot of time to limit social media use, carefully and cautiously engage as an informed consumer about news and other media. Be careful about what you let in and what you let influence you. You start to feel a sense of uncontrol or lack of control over a lot of things when you let in some things that you know are not going to be helpful. 
And one example of that is with COVID-19 growing and spreading, there are a lot of databases and websites like the John Hopkins website, the Center for Disease Control, the World Health Organization. You can get some current statistics. You can get tips and strategies. You can get a lot of good information from all these sources. If you watch the evening news, you're going to get filtered information selectively chosen without a complete picture. And a lot of time that can increase stress. So psychological stress is something to be aware of. It's also something to be aware of in our students. We can add to their stress if we don't communicate up front proactively, if we don't give them guidelines on things, if we don't give them clear examples of what assignments should look like, and if we give light and ineffective grading. If we just give a score with a comment like, good job, it's not very helpful. If we give a lot of proactive strategies, a tip sheet before an assignment is due, an example, also a breakdown of the scoring, an explanation of how to make it better the next time, we can reduce student stress levels in those areas that are within our control. We can also relate to them in really positive tones throughout our announcements and our other comments to ensure that they understand us in the ways that we want to come across to help reduce their stress levels in the overall learning experience. Basically, the more we communicate with students, the more clearly and positively we do that, the more we're going to help them reduce their stress levels so far as we can influence that. Think about those psychological stress areas. There are also a lot of physical stress areas that are actually involved in teaching and learning online. You can have stress injuries that come with sitting like the same way all the time in a chair that's not really great for you. You can also have shoulder pain, neck tightness and pain, um, poor circulation. If you sit a long time and don't stand up and walk around, you need to be able to change physical positions often so your body will continue to have good circulation and you'll also add a few steps to your um, activity level. You can move throughout the day and maybe walk around in your house or office and you can come back and sit some more. I know a lot of people who have invested in stand-up desks for this very reason. If you are standing versus sitting, believe it or not, your body actually burns a lot more calories. It's very beneficial to stand when working. I've tried this myself. I've raised up my desk with some um, propped up items and a makeshift shelf. I haven't bought a stand-up desk. I don't really want to buy one. Um, but I have found that yes, I have had a very different experience when I'm standing up to be at my computer versus sitting down. You can use dictation software to minimize the stress on your hands and wrists and arms from typing a lot. If you are to dictate the comments you want to make on essays, for example, you can give a lot more specific guidance to your students, a lot more feedback without straining, overly straining your wrists and arms. Carpal tunnel is an experience you, you could have over time if you really are not careful. It comes from compressing the nerve in your inner wrist. It's very common among computer users, athletes, and people who use those parts of the body. That's something important to remember about. You can also have something called intersection syndrome, which is a painful inflammation in the forearm muscles. It's caused by repeatedly flexing and extending the wrist. 
is more common among people with activities like weightlifting, rowing, racket, sports, and horseback riding and skiing. Um, but it depends on what you're really doing while you're sitting at that computer and in terms of what's going to impact you the most. Be thinking about always changing positions, always getting up and moving around, and focusing on the physical stress as well as the intellectual and emotional stress that's going on. Lastly, um, some tips about others. It's really, really easy to get caught up in the drama of what's going on with other people, even when we don't realize that it's actually drama. Other people can have serious issues going on. Maybe we, we still have children living in the home that are growing up, and they're having um, some stress as well. Of course, we might do everything we can to help reduce someone else's stress, to support them, to encourage them. But it's really easy to try to solve other people's problems for them when really that takes away their ability to choose, to act, to do things. Guidance is great. Solving other people's problems for them almost incapacitates the other person at times. If we can look at those other people in our lives give as much support as possible, and be careful not to rob them of the true experience they're having. We can let go of a little bit of the stress that we typically feel when others around us are struggling. Um, we still have the feelings. We're still going to feel them. We don't need to minimize them or stuff them away or hide them, and so will others have those whatever experiences they're having. It's really important to feel those feelings, but not make other people become victims and be careful not to become victims ourselves. Um, it's possible we don't understand what others are fully experiencing. Often we don't even understand what we are fully experiencing until much later. But being aware that those things going on within us and within others can raise everyone's stress level is healthy. It's very helpful. So um, some final tips in the area of energy management and reducing our stress while we're working online, connect daily with other people. It might need to be by video. It might be face-to-face -face if you have that ability to do that. But at least engage with others to really check in and feel grounded. Keep yourself open to your senses of what is right for you, what is healthy for you, and when you need a change, whether it's an energy level change or a stress change, physically or emotionally changing something, um, moving to a new place or getting some food, rest, or people time. Everyone, including you, will lose your focus almost every hour, especially when times are hard and you're feeling a little distressed. That's normal. Don't be too hard on yourself. Taking care of your energy and your control and stress is going to help you manage that. Remember, we're all people first, we're workers second, and anything you can do to acknowledge that is going to help you relax a little bit more, manage your energy and stress even better. This is Dr. Bethany Hansen, your host for the Online Teaching Lounge podcast. As you try out these ideas, visit my blog and share your results. How did they work? What would you add? Any suggestions, comments, or questions? Best wishes this week in the grand online teaching adventure.